Welcome into this bonus episode of your favorite Locked On NFL podcast. This is a special edition of the Locked On NFL Draft Draft Prep, where we're giving you the best draft fits to solve your favorite AFC team's biggest needs. If you also want to hear the NFC teams, head over to Locked On NFL Draft on your favorite podcast provider after the show. You are Locked On NFL Draft. Your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome in everyone to a special episode of the Locked On NFL Draft Draft Prep. We're here to help your favorite NFL team solve their biggest needs with the best fits in the 2023 NFL Draft. We are your hosts of the Locked On NFL Draft podcast, your daily podcast covering your favorite NFL Draft prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your boy, Damian Parson. On the ones and twos, as always, find me on Twitter, DP underscore NFL. I am a national scout for the Draft Network and your favorite and local running back guru. And as always, you already know what time it is. The champion is here with me. Keith, talk to him. What's up, everyone? This is Keith Sanchez, senior draft analyst with the Draft Network. And like my guy, DP, always says, 2019 national champion, LSU Tigers. Yes, the best team ever assembled. Here to bring you championship-level content based off of your favorite teams, their biggest needs, and how this year's draft prospects can help take them over the top. Let's kick things off with the Houston Texans. The Houston Texans finally have a real opportunity to improve their subpar roster. And of course, the majority of their top talent will come from the 2023 NFL Draft. I'm Cody Davis, one half of Locked On Texans, and here are the three biggest needs for the Houston Texans heading into the draft. First and foremost, and the most important, and this one isn't going to catch anybody by surprise, a quarterback. The Houston Texans gave Davis Mills an opportunity to showcase whether or not he could be the starting quarterback for this organization moving forward, and the 2022 campaign ended with Davis Mills failing at his opportunity. And with the Houston Texans going out and needing a quarterback, you also need somebody that they could throw the ball to, which means number two on the list is wide receiver. The Houston Texans don't need just any wide receiver, but a receiver who can take the helm as the number one target in the passing game, especially considering that Brandon Cooks is likely walking out the door off a of 6'10 and Kirby this offseason. Now, for number three, you got to look on the opposite side of the line of scrimmage and take a look at what's going on in the trenches because the Houston Texans definitely need an interior defensive lineman. This team has been god-awful at stopping the run over the last three seasons. As a matter of fact, last year they gave up an average of 170 yards on the ground, which means the Houston Texans need to do everything possible to improve their defensive line. Once again, I'm Cody Davis, one half of Locked On Texans. Be sure to check us out every day, Monday through Friday, on the Locked On Podcast Network. Let's talk about needs, Keith, for the Houston Texans. Quarterback. That's the that's the first one on the board for them. And they have the second pick in the draft. They, they're right there in the midst to get whoever they'd like. The first thing that comes to mind, Keith, for this franchise that has been through so much with Deshaun Watson and everything else is Bryce Young. A smart, intelligent point guard that can distribute the football to all of their weapons. And he has the mental toughness to come in and work with this team as they're in a rebuild, Keith. So I think they need to keep their eyes on Bryce Young. 
Nah, and I'm going to go ahead and address the, the wide receiver situation, right? And lucky for the Houston Texans, they have two first-round picks, so they're able to get a quarterback like Bryce Young, but he needs a running mate, right? He needs someone on the outside. We know that Brandon Cooks made the part at some point in this offseason. So I'm going to go after Quentin Johnston. Yeah, I'm going to get you that 6'2", 200-plus-pound wide receiver on the outside. And then guess what? You have the opportunity with another middle-round draft pick to draft a guy like Tennessee wide receiver Cedric Tillman to kind of really address this wide receiver room. And now you have young wide receivers to go with a young quarterback. Now, Akiva, I love that. And, and, and let's, let's finish it off with interior defensive line. As Cody talked about, being able to stop the run and help with that. I look at Mozzie Smith from, from all the way from Michigan, right? Six, what, six, two, six, three, somewhere in there, about 323 pounds, a physical, powerful man on the interior of the defensive line that can really two gap and help stuff the run and hold them at the point of attack. Some that they've struggled with Keith to really take away that 170 yards rushing. They allowed go ahead and, and minimize that number as much as possible. I think Mozzie Smith can help that. So, all right, let's get over to our next expert. The Colts took their lumps in the quarterback department in the last few years, but they're finally getting off the merry-go-round this year. This is Jake Arthur and Zach Hicks of the locked on Colts podcast. So, Top three Colts needs. Obviously, quarterback could be one, two, and three if you really want to consider it. Uh, but next up is cornerback depth. It's going to be a really shaky position that we're not thinking much of quite yet, but they need to be. And then offensive line depth. Zach, why don't you take us through the three? Yeah, so obviously we could, again, like you said, one, two, and three could all be quarterback. That is the most important aspect of this entire offseason for the Indianapolis Colts. Who are they taking top five at quarterback? That's the biggest thing. Uh, and obviously that's the only thing you guys want to talk about, but the other two, obviously cornerback depth, uh, besides Stefan Gilmore and the little bit we saw of Isaiah Rogers, uh, senior last year, they need more cornerback depth in that room. Uh, and then offensive line depth. We saw exactly what happened to the Colts last year when, when the starters on the offensive line did not play really well. So they definitely need more depth, more quality depth on that offensive line, but make sure you guys for more on the Colts, stay tuned to the lockdown Colts podcast every Monday through Friday, part of the lockdown podcast network, your team every day in regards to the indianapolis Colts, i think they should go after a dual third quarterback right they just they just signed and you know made the head coach from the that was the offensive coordinator of the philadelphia philadelphia eagles so i think they should go with will levis or anthony richardson um from a culture perspective i believe that they should go with anthony richardson man this guy set the nfl combine on fire with his testing numbers and then you know that the potential is there man it's a relatively young kid but i think he can develop and the head coach he's also a guy to develop Jalen Hurts. So Anthony Richardson for the Indianapolis Colts, I think is definitely a fit. Man, you know, I, I love that, Keith. And, and he talked about cornerback. And this is a deep cornerback class. And one of my favorite names in this class is Emmanuel Forbes, Keith. A man-to-man -man corner that's not only just man-to-man, -man, he can play zone, but he takes the ball away. And talking about pairing them with a Stephon Gilmore and having somebody on the other on the other uh, side of the defense. And well, now you could play more press, man. You could get in the face of receivers and not only disrupt them, but when the, when the quarterbacks do test your corners, you have two corners that can take the ball away and give it back to your offense. 
Yeah, I love that, DP. And to address their last need, the interior offensive line, I think they should look at Alabama interior offensive lineman Emil Ekio. This guy has guard center positional versatility, so that means he can come in immediately. And as long as he comes in ready at training camp, I think he immediately fills a hole. And we know that if you have a quarterback that's a dual-threat guy, you're going to have designed QB runs. And what what is more better than an interior offensive lineman that can climb to the second-level defenders and lay those uh, really good blocks? It's time. Time for the Raiders. I'm your boy Q, host of the Locked On Raiders podcast, and I want to talk about the team needs. And first and foremost, when it comes to the silver and black, they need a quarterback. They need a quarterback in the worst way after moving on from Derek Carr, longtime starter for the silver and black, had been there for nine seasons. And the new staff with Dave, uh, Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels decided it was time to move on. So they did that. He's now officially a member of the New Orleans Saints. So it leaves a big hole at the quarterback position with the silver and black. So now the decisions that they have to come up with is, do they roll with the veteran? Do they draft a rookie? Or do they have a combination of the two? That's something that they have to decide between free agency and the draft at the end of April. So a lot of question marks on the offensive side of the ball when it comes to the quarterback and who's going to be under center in 2023 for the silver and black. But that's not the only needs that they have. Flip it over to the defensive side of the ball. And I would say defensive tackle is another area of priority as far as needs. They have edge rushers. Know about Crosby. Know about Chandler Jones. But who can collapse the pocket from the middle? They don't have that guy that can make life difficult on Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert and Russell Wilson. They need to find that guy that can not only stop the run, but also get to the quarterback and help collapse that pocket. And it doesn't stop there. Really, if you look at the defensive side of the ball, they can have an upgrade everywhere. But I would say their other need is a lockdown corner. The Raiders, for years on top of years on top of years, have known, been known for their cornerback play, but it hasn't been up to par as of late. They need to get a guy, a dude, who can follow the number one wide receiver around and say, you know what? I'm playing that cat defense. You got that cat. I got this cat. For more of the Raider team needs and all things silver and black, make sure you tune in to the Locked On Raiders podcast. So the Las Vegas Raiders need a quarterback. And guess what? I have your guy, man. Your guy is Alabama quarterback Bryce Young. There are just way too many parallels there, right? We're talking about the, the Alabama, the New England coaching tree, right? You're talking about Nick Saban, Bill Belichick. You're talking about Bill O'Brien. You're talking about Josh McDaniel, who have worked with each other. And we've seen that this parent has been a trendy parent in the past, right? So I think quarterback Bryce Young is a heady guy. He's very smart. He's elusive. Some people are comparing him to Patrick Mahomes. But I think this is a guy that is just a natural has natural instincts for the quarterback position and moving into the future Bryce Young is definitely the quarterback for the Las Vegas Raiders Keith I, I love that and, and let's talk about let's discuss the defensive tackle position a spot that they needed to fill and add some talent to and I like Clemson's Brian Brzee a guy that can move all along the defensive line he can play some outside can reduce inside but I, I really love his ability to pressure the quarterback and really attack the interior gaps on passing downs as well as be able to hold up against the run I dealing with some injuries in college I think now that he's healthy and he's motivated he's working hard I think this is a young man that can come Come in and be an impact starter from day one. Yeah, and guess what? The last need is a lockdown corner, right? You heard it, man. So I think a lockdown corner, you go to Mississippi State and Mississippi State corner, Emmanuel Forbes. DP, I know this your guy, man. This guy's a flat-out ball hawk. Reminds me a lot of Marcus Peters. The, this Las Vegas Raiders defense needs someone that can turn the ball over, right? They need a playmaker on that side. They've addressed the, addressed the defensive line as far as edge rusher in the past, but now it's time to address the back end of that defense, and Emmanuel Forbes is definitely a guy that can come in and be an impact starter, right? Right away. All right, let's get to the Tennessee Titans. The Tennessee Titans desperately need help at offensive tackle this offseason, whether that be in free agency, in the draft, 
or both. My name is Tyler Rowland, host of the Locked On Titans podcast, and the Tennessee Titans' top three needs this year are all on the offensive side of the ball. You have offensive tackle, wide receiver, and the interior offensive line. At offensive tackle, the Titans recently released Taylor Lewan, who had been their left tackle the last nine seasons. And on the right side at right tackle, they had rookie Nicholas Petit-Ferrer, a third-round draft pick out of Ohio State. But Petit-Ferrer could potentially be moved inside, and the Titans could certainly look to upgrade both tackle spots. At wide receiver, outside of Traylon Burks and maybe rookie Kyle Phillips from last year, the Titans don't have much to speak of. They released Robert Woods recently as well, so the Titans, again, could use a wide receiver in free agency and in the draft. They'll probably need a combination there. And on the interior offensive line, right guard Nate Davis is set to be a free agent. Center Ben Jones may retire or be released. And left guard Aaron Brewer simply didn't play well enough to keep a starting role. So the Titans could be looking to add two or three interior offensive linemen this offseason. So a combination of free agency and the draft will have to be considered. The Titans have a ton of needs, and to hear more about those needs in the Tennessee Titans offseason in general, make sure to check out the Locked On Titans podcast, free and available on all platforms, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Keith, no Taylor Luan, big problem, because you don't have a left tackle right now for the Tennessee Titans. And I have a guy, there's a couple guys, but one guy I like a lot to go here, and he kind of matches the type of style Luan played with, and that's that's Georgia's, uh, you know, the, the Georgia Bulldogs, Broderick Jones. You know, 6'4", 300 pounds, a physical guy. Remind both of us a lot of uh, number six pick in last year's draft, Aikami Kwanu, to the Carolina Panthers. So I think Broderick Jones can plug and play right into that left tackle spot, bring that physicality in the run game, but a guy that, a big guy like him that can hit 19 miles per hour when he's pulling out in space to hunt down DBs at the first and second level of the defense, I love that fit, especially for Derrick Henry, as well as you want to throw those uh, quick passes to Traylon Burks, so Broderick Jones is the guy for me. Speaking of Traylon Burks, man, they need wide receiver help, right? He needs a running mate, man. And when he needs a running mate, he needs someone that's kind of the polar opposite of what he is, man. I'm going to go with explosive Oklahoma wide receiver Marvin Mims, man. You talk about a guy that stole a show at the NFL Combine. This is a 4-3 speed guy. He can take the top off. And like I said, he's a perfect complement to Traylon Burks. When they drafted Traylon Burks, they thought he would be that vertical threat, but he's more of a short to intermediate guy. So you draft a guy like Marvin Mims to take the top off. And now whoever's that quarterback, for the Tennessee Titans has a vertical threat to throw the football to. Keith, I love that. And, and since they, they said we need to double dip at, at, at the uh, offensive line spot, I want to give him another guy. Cody Mock out of, uh, out of North Dakota State. Keith, I'm going to give him a two two for one special because Cody can play tackle and guard, Keith. So whether uh, NPF, Nicholas Petit Freer, kicks in that guard or you keep him at tackle, you could put Cody Mock at either one of these positions. He's going to really help you in the run game. A nice physical guy. and He has really sound technique and play. So I really love that fit of adding him to this offensive offensive line get the best five on the field all right guys next up let's go to the new york jets failure at the most important position on the field cost the jets a playoff spot in 2022 and their top priority in the 2023 offseason needs to be fixing the quarterback position i'm john the host of the locked on jets podcast and the jets top three needs this offseason are all on the offensive side of the ball quarterback tackle and wide receiver the Zach Wilson experiment has not worked out for the Jets. Wilson was benched twice last season. It was supposed to be a year where he was going to take a big step forward. Unfortunately, it just has not worked out for the Jets. Wilson looks like he's a bust. So the Jets are now forced to once again try and address the quarterback position. 
Jets had the defense to make the playoffs last year. They just did not get enough from their quarterback. The Jets also have a pretty glaring hole at tackle. Another early round draft pick, Makai Becton, has struggled to stay on the field in his three NFL seasons. You have Dwayne Brown retiring. You have George Fant as a free agent. You don't really know what you have in Max Mitchell, a fourth round draft pick from a year ago who got playing time in 2022, but was very up and down. And the third position of need for the Jets is wide receiver. Garrett Wilson won Offensive Rookie of the Year. He had an outstanding first season in the league. He looks like a guy who will be a building block for the Jets going forward. But after that, you don't really know what you've got. Elijah Moore had a bad second season. Corey Davis is a veteran who's just okay, but the Jets need an upgrade. The Jets need a better supporting cast around Garrett Wilson. For more on the team needs of the New York Jets, be sure to subscribe to the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Man, we have to get this right this time, right? We know the situation with Zach Wilson. So I'm going to give you a quarterback. I'm going to give you the real thing. I'm going to give you somebody who's had production in college football. We're going to trade up and go get C.J. Stroud from Ohio State, man. Ohio State quarterback C.J. Stroud. And what we're going to do is is pair him with Garrett Wilson, man. Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore. Now you have kind of a a three-headed monster offensively and Brees Hall comes back and now this offense is young and is ready to roll moving forward. Keith, I love that. This jet has been grounded for way too long, and we got to get him up in the air, man. So for me, you know, looking at their other need, and, and that's going to be offensive tackle. Makai Becton has not been healthy. So why not go into the SEC? Let's give me give me Darnell Wright from Tennessee, a big, strong, powerful tackle that can really move bodies in the run game, but he can also protect, and he's versatile, Keith. 2021, he played left tackle. They wanted to put a freshman there this year in 2022, this past season, so they moved him to right, and guess what he did? Played solid football. He was clean there from almost the entire year, especially in the past happy offense that Josh Heupel ran. So I think Darnell Wright will be a big addition to this offensive line. Yeah, so now we're talking later in the draft and the draft situation on draft day, right? So I'm going to go with Maryland wide receiver Dante Demas, right? We have two smaller wide receivers in Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore, but now let's go get a big body guy on the outside. And Dante Demas has showed much promise as a wide receiver. And Maryland, this entire offense kind of bogged down a little bit, but you've seen what Dante Demas can do as a wide receiver prospect. So you add him in in the combination with Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson, and you have a good thing for the New York Jets. All right, let's talk to and let's hear from the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm Chris Carter of the Locked On Steelers podcast, and here are the Steelers' top three needs in the NFL draft and free agency. The Steelers do have to address their offensive line, and that's one thing that everyone's ready to talk about. But do not overlook the Steelers want to be, to be, be, able, to be able to get younger on the defensive line, linebacker, and cornerback. The Steelers had the most expensive defense in the NFL last year because they were paying a lot of their older players, a lot of their superstars, but also free agents that they brought in like Miles Jack and Larry Ogunjobi. The Steelers want to replenish that defensive line with younger players who can take up the mantle of the great Steelers defensive linemen like Cam Hayward. They also want a younger linebacker who can pick up where Ryan Shazier left off years ago when he was left paralyzed. The Steelers linebacker group hasn't been the same. The Steelers cornerback group last year was full of veterans. This year, they're going to want to at least add one young face to that room who can maybe come up and be the leader there. Look at linebacker, cornerback, defensive line, and offensive line. The Steelers are going to have lots of needs, and that's going to make this NFL draft class and this free agency period very interesting. 
Yeah, so we talked about it, right? The Steelers need have needs on defense, and it's crazy because they had a really good defense. So I'm going to kick this thing over with the interior defensive line, and I think they should wait on a defensive line, wait till later in the draft, and go and get defensive tackle from South Carolina, Zach Pickens, right? Wait, go address some other needs and start with defensive tackle, Zach Pickens, get him later on in the draft. Keith, sticking with the defensive side of the ball, I want to go to the linebacker here, and, and I think Drew Sanders can play. He's new to the, you know, from Arkansas. He's new to the off-ball backer role playing for Arkansas because he's more of a, a traditional edge coming out of high school, but showing that versatility to play both, but also giving you a, a, a kind of a multiplicity and a versatile pass rush because you can walk him down. You have Alex Highsmith. You have TJ Watt and Cam Hayward is still there. So I think that is probably the best bet for them. Go Drew Sanders and really get versatile in this front seven. I like it. So we addressed the middle round picks, right? But we're talking about now we have to go in the first round. First round, we're going to go with Steelers legacy, man. Go Joey Porter Jr. It's a team need. And then you know exactly how he's going to enter the building with his professionalism, right? You're really familiar with it, with his father being a Steelers great. So you draft the son, you know exactly what you're getting. And now you can put him on one side of the football and you have a young corner, lockdown corner on the outside for many years to come. I'm Kevin Ostreicher, the host of Locked on Ravens. And in terms of team needs, the Ravens are actually a very interesting case study with the situation surrounding Lamar Jackson. Obviously, if Lamar Jackson leaves, quarterback skyrockets to the number one need for the Ravens this offseason. But assuming Lamar does stay, you have wide receiver as your number one need for the Ravens, cornerback at number two, and then depth along the offensive line at three, especially potentially at left guard if they're starting left guard, Ben Powers departs in free agency. For wide receiver, the Ravens have been taking a lot of swings of the position in recent years, especially in the draft. They have Rashad Bateman, they have Devin Duvernay, but they've tried to draft guys and develop them. They've tried to sign veteran options. They just have a need there. So do they go draft pick? Do they go trade? Do they sign someone? There are plenty of options there for the Ravens this offseason to revamp that room. Then at cornerback, you have Marlon Humphrey. He is your star, your top guy. But Marcus Peters had an up-and-down season coming off his torn ACL in 2021. He's also a free agent. There's just not a lot behind Marlon Humphrey right now. This is a very deep corner class, so maybe the Ravens use their number 22 overall pick in the first round on one of those stud star corners that can step in and be a number two opposite of Marlon Humphrey. The number three, the offensive line. The Ravens do have solid depth for the most part, but I think if Ben Powers does leave and it's looking more likely that he will instead of staying, I think a left guard could be in the cards for Baltimore this offseason. Then otherwise, just getting other depth. You can never have enough offensive line depth in the NFL. So those are the top three needs for the Baltimore Ravens. And for more on the Ravens and their team needs, be sure to check out the Lockdown Ravens podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Man, DB cornerback is probably the place I want to go first, Keith. And I want to go to Kansas State with Julius Brintz. The Cincinnati Bengals have Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. You got Marlon Humphrey, but who do you have to guard T. Higgins? Julius Brintz is a perfect uh, type of body type, athleticism, and arm length to try and neutralize the big body receiver over in Cincinnati. So I think given Marlon Humphrey that running mate in the first round, let me go Julius Brents. Big, long, athletic. What, what more can you ask for? I like it. I like it. I like it. So let's address wide receiver next, right? And that has been a well-documented um hole on this roster. And I'm going to go with Iowa State wide receiver Xavier Hutchison. The production is there. This guy's 6'3", 200-plus pounds, ran a 4'5". And you talk about him and Rashad Bateman being running mates. And Lamar Jackson is the quarterback there. Now he has two outside threats, guys that can go get the football, but they can also take it to the house. No, 100%, Keith. And 
you know, the, the finish it off guard, right? And this is a good group of guards in this class. And I want to go with probably Emil Ekior over at, at, from, from Alabama. Got his play guard. He also played center. So I think that his physicality will mesh well with Tyler Lindenbaum, the rookie that they drafted last year to play center. You can uh, have him alongside. They can duo, climb up to the second level, but also work together to protect Lamar Jackson and keep the interior offensive line clean. Next up, the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jaguars are finally picking late, but they still have a couple of needs. I'm Tony Wiggins, the host of Locked On Jaguars. Here are my three needs for the Jaguars, the biggest needs. Cornerback. The Jaguars need a corner. They have a very good outside corner and a decent outside corner. They need a slot who eventually can move outside in a year or two and be the starting outside corner. What else do they need? I'll tell you. The Jaguars need to shore up the left guard position and not only make it a position that's just okay, they need to make it a position that is a strength they're going to take the next step to be a championship contender. And finally, another young edge rusher. You can always get more pass rush, and you can never have enough pass rush. Those are the three needs I believe the Jaguars have in this year's draft. Make sure you check me out on the Locked On Jaguars podcast every single day because it's your team every day. Duval County. Come on, man. I know you guys love what happened with your team heading to the playoffs, but let's amp up this defense a little bit. Keith, I want to give him Clark Phillips at corner from Utah, a ball hawk with really good ball skills, an easy mover. Yeah, he's a little bit on the shorter side. He he, he kind of checked in shorter than some people believed he would have, but still at the same time, Doug Peterson, as we know when he was with the Eagles, they love to put the dog mask on. And I think Clark Phillips embodies that from the way that he plays. So Clark Phillips, uh, I think round one is a good fit for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I like it. I like it. Get a playmaker at corner, man. But listen, we got to address this interior offensive line, right? If we want to protect Trevor Lawrence moving forward, and I'm going to find a sleeper, man. I'm going Henry Bang Balu, interior offensive lineman from Washington. Yeah, interior offensive line. This guy is 6'7", 300 plus pounds, and his frame kind of lends itself to where he can play guard, but then also play tackle. So I'm going to draft a, a versatile interior offensive lineman that possibly has guard tackle position versatility. Keith, I want to finish off with Edge, and it's one of your boys from LSU, from the Bayou, BJ Ojulari, one that one of the more explosive bendy pass rushers in this class. And I know some people are like, well, we got Trayvon Walker. Now nah, let's kick him down inside. Now you got Josh Allen on one side. You got Trayvon Walker on the inside on third downs. You got BJ Ojulari attacking quarterbacks at a reckless amount coming off the edge. So I'm excited to see that. Um, and then next up, Let's talk to the Miami Dolphins. I'm Kyle Krabs of Locked On Dolphins, and the Miami Dolphins' three biggest needs for the 2023 offseason are tight end, linebacker, and offensive line. The Dolphins desperately need more from the tight end room as Coach Mike McDaniel looks to get the running game humming, which he was known so well for during his tenure under Kyle Shanahan with the San Francisco 49ers. Meanwhile, on the defensive side of the ball, new defensive coordinator Vic Fangio needs more athleticism and pass coverage abilities from his linebackers than what the Dolphins have implemented over the course of the past several seasons under defensive coordinator Josh Boyer. And then the offensive line position, it's all about addressing left guard and right tackle. 
the Dolphins needing to continue to improve that unit to help the durability of Tua Tonga-Valoa and to help the effectiveness of the offense as a whole, both from protection and winning the point of attack in the run game. For more on these team needs and the Miami Dolphins, be sure to subscribe to Locked On Dolphins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Day County, man. Let's start with those tight ends. Unfortunately, we don't have a first round pick, right? So we're looking at the second round for the Miami Dolphins and I'm going to go with a complete tight end. Someone that can help me in the run game and help me in the pass game and that's Utah tight end. Dalton Kincaid, if he's still out, I think we should definitely go after Dalton Kincaid. He will, like I said, he will help in the run game and in the passing game. Keith, I, I like to add, you know, Noah Sewell here at linebacker. Big physical downhill thumper that can walk up on the edge and, 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 and play the run as well as mug up the A gaps and the A gap blitz, right? Kind of give you some disguise coverages and different things of that nature. And he is, he does have some athleticism for a 250, 50 pound linebacker. So I think Noah Sewell can bring some force, some physicality, and some power to this linebacking group. Yup, and looking at a position where I think you can find some value, talking about possibly in the third, fourth round, we're going to go with Alabama offensive tackle Tyler Steen to address this offensive line unit, right? This is a guy that played left tackle, but he can also play right tackle, but I think he has the position of versatility to also play interior offensive line. This guy's a really good athlete, and he showed well at the senior bowl. So give me Alabama offensive tackle Tyler Steen to round out this draft. Nice choice. Let's hear from the Cleveland Browns. I'm Jeff Lloyd of the Locked On Browns podcast with your Cleveland Browns offseason needs for 2023. First and foremost, the Browns defensive tackle room. To say they're poor is an understatement. Uh, they have their issues in 2022, in 2021 against stopping the run. Uh, even worse as pass rushers. Uh, this is a room with the hiring of Jim Schwartz as your new defense coordinator that probably needs close to a 180 degree overhaul. The Browns need players up front, and Jim Schwartz needs those players to succeed, which brings us to the edge position. The Browns have Alex Wright, Miles Garrett, and, of course, Isaiah Thomas in fold. More is needed. They need guys who can play better against the run, and there is an opportunity for the Browns to maybe get somebody athletically on par with Miles Garrett to give them basically their best pass-rushing duo from the defensive end position since Miles has been in Cleveland. A lot of talk, a lot of concern, a lot of questions about which one would be number three here. For me, I am going to go with the wide receiver position. Amari Cooper, Donovan Peoples-Jones have been solid. Last year, Donovan Peoples-Jones was on a great growth path in his third year. But there are a bunch of players there, five, six guys, all grouped in to basically fight who will be the third, fourth, fifth, sixth wide receiver. I think the Browns need to make a statement to that room get somebody in here who can get it done and let the rest of the guys fight it out. For more on the Cleveland Browns and more on the offseason needs, make sure you check out the Locked On Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Dog pound, you need to get some more dogs on the defensive side of the ball, it seems. I want to go to Wisconsin and help that interior defensive line out. Keith, I want to give them Keanu Benton. You know, former wrestler, big body, long arm, physical and powerful penetration style um, type of defensive tackle. He could pair well as, as a compliment to who they drafted last year, Perrion Winfrey. If they want to stick to that four man front, you could have two guys who can get vertical and attack the trenches and, and, and reset the, uh, the uh, line of scrimmage in the run game and in the pass game. So Keanu Benton, I think it'd be a nice fit here for the Cleveland Browns. 
I like that, man. And guess what? As far as the edge rusher position goes, this is kind of the one-man show right now with Miles Garrett. So I'm going to get him a running mate. I'm going to go get Clemson edge KJ Henry, man. The guy, he looks the part. Now you just need to get everything out of him. The potential is definitely there. And I think a guy like Miles Garrett can definitely help develop that moving forward. Man, I want to finish it off with wide receiver, right? Amari Cooper, DPJ there. Let's go. Let, let me bring a mini tank into the building. That's Tank Dell, a guy who was routing up every DB that came across his path down in Mobile at the Senior Bowl, an elite, a, a elite style, uh, you know, route runner. Great run after the catch guy and a dynamic player, Keith. So I think Tank Dell could be a really big asset for this team. Next up, let's hear from the New England Patriots. Offensive skill positions may get the headlines, but championships are won in the trenches. And on the offensive side of the ball, that's where the New England Patriots should be focusing their efforts in the 2023 NFL Draft. I'm Mike DeBate, host of the Locked On Patriots podcast, and last season, quarterback Mac Jones ranked in the bottom of NFL quarterbacks in terms of completion percentage and positive plays when pressured. It's nice to have a lot of offensive weapons, but if a quarterback is not comfortable in the pocket, is constantly under duress, he's not going to be utilizing those weapons to their full extent. The Patriots need to address the offensive line, specifically tackle, and that's their top need in the draft. But that's not all the Patriots need to address. They do need a pass catcher in order to be able to make things happen on offense because this Patriots offense finished seventh worst in total yards while scoring only within the bottom third when it comes to points per game. New England definitely could use a top-flight pass catcher to help take the top off the defenses and give Mac Jones a weapon in the red zone. But it's not all about offense, folks, because the Patriots still need to make tweaks and additions to what was a pretty good defense last year. The Pats, for all intents and purposes, just lacked that alpha presence on the perimeter in cornerback. So the Patriots should take advantage of a deep class this year to make their secondary a priority when it comes to the upcoming draft. For more on these team needs and the New England Patriots, be sure to subscribe to the Locked On Patriots podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, addressing the New England Patriots needs, I'm going to go with a, a New England Patriot type guy. I'm going to go with Northwestern offensive tackle Peter Skaronsky. I mean, the reason I said that he's a Patriots type of guy, Bill Belichick loves players that can do multiple things. Peter Skaronsky can play left tackle, but he can also play guard. So I think when it comes down to positional value, I think it comes down to culture fit. I think Peter Skaronsky is definitely the pick for the New England Patriots in the first round. Keith, I like that move. I want to go with wide receiver, pass catcher. And around the second round, Tennessee wide receiver Cedric Tillman. I want to put some size on the field, on the outside for Mac Jones. You have, you know, some run at the catch options. Tyquan Thornton's more of a deep threat, but they don't have a true big body to help, really help Mac Jones. And, and give him that phrase, Cedric's down there somewhere. And I think Cedric Tillman is one of those guys that he can trust on those 50 50 balls and really attack all three levels and give him that big possession presence in this offense. Man, I like that. I like that. And listen, Bill Belichick, we have to give him credit, right? One thing he's found is those late round corners, right? He managed to find Jack Jones and Marcus Jones last year that played significant snaps and was really important to this team. So we're going to wait later in the draft again to draft a corner. And this time we're going to go cornerback Jacorian Bennett from Maryland. Yes, everyone knows the guy from the draft. He ran a 4-3, but he has real skill. And I think in this New England Patriots scheme, he can definitely thrive and give the New England Patriots an opportunity to get younger at the cornerback position. 
Good choice, Keith. Let's hear from the Denver Broncos. I'm Cody Rourke of Lockdown Broncos, and these are three team needs that the Denver Broncos have this offseason. First off, the offensive line is a huge issue in terms of where the Broncos are currently at. They're expected to have a massive rebuild on the offensive line, according to Broncos GM George Payton. Specifically, right tackle is a question. If Garrett Bowles is traded, left tackle becomes a question. Center is already a question, and left guard is a question, whereas the only holdover right now that's guaranteed is Quinn Miners at right guard. That is one takeaway. The second need for the Denver Broncos this upcoming season will be at the running back position with Javante Williams coming off of an ACL injury. You do have some in-house free agent options you could take care of, but more importantly, the Broncos may need to take a look at a late round draft pick in order to bolster that running back room in a true by committee approach with Sean Payton. The third need for the Broncos this upcoming offseason, I think it has to be on the defensive backside of things. You have Patrick Sertan and Damari Mathis as starters for the Broncos, K1 Williams in the nickel, but you need more depth on the outside. Guys, you can develop under Christian Parker, and for me, that rounds out the Broncos' top three needs this offseason. For more on the Broncos team needs, you can check out Lockdown Broncos free and available everywhere you get your podcasts in audio format, or you can watch us on YouTube. Broncos country, let's... I forgot we're not supposed to be saying that no more. So, you know, shout out to Russell Wilson and this team. They need some help on the offensive line. Let's protect him. But, Keith, let's also add to the run game. Let's go offensive tackle from Oklahoma, Anton Harrison. Athletic, good arm length, can move people in the run game. And I like his ability to work in zone. And, and, and that's the kind of offense that they've ran so far. So with Javante Williams coming back, you want to get that play action pass going, but also help protect Russell Wilson on the edges. I think Anton Harrison out of Oklahoma, offensive tackle, could be a big asset. DP, you hinted at it, man. You said run game, run game, run game. We know that Javante Williams is returning from an ACL injury. So, you know, we can't 100% bank on that or him being ready for week one. So, you know what we're going to do? We're going to double down, get him a running mate. We're going to go to Pittsburgh and we're going to get running back Israel Abanda Candle, right? This guy toasts the rock. He's a finisher mentality. And I think it'll be a hell of a one-two punch when Javante Williams does come back and you have Israel Abanda Candle to uh, kind of split reps with him. Keith, that's a good choice to add to that running back room. To add to the cornerback room, this has so far been a really good unit for them, a strength for this defense. But let's add another strength, and let's add a ball hawk. Eli Ricks out of Alabama cornerback. You want to put him alongside, well, former Alabama cornerback Patrick Sertan, the second, a.k.a. PS2. Ricks can play man. He can play zone. But the ball skills and the instincts, Keith, is something you just can't teach. I'm not sure if he played receiver, but he catches the football like one. So I believe that this would be a nice asset to this defense to help take them over the top and really be able to lock down opposing offenses like the Chiefs, the Chargers, and the Raiders. Speaking of the Chargers, let's hear from the Chargers next. Hey, what's up, guys? This is David Drogemeyer of the Locked On Chargers podcast, and the 2023 NFL Draft is vastly approaching. And the top three needs for the Chargers this year is speed receiver, tight end, and edge rusher. Starting with speed receiver, the Chargers have lacked speed for many years. And when you have a quarterback like Justin Herbert who can throw it 65 yards flat-footed, you want a guy who can really stretch the field and threaten that third level of the defense. It's also going to allow you to get the most out of Justin Herbert and the most out of the weapons you already have at receiver with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. And then going to tight end, an, another tight end, another playmaker that you can add with Justin Herbert, who's going into the fourth year of his NFL career. 
is going to be something that's going to help you get the most out of Justin Herbert. Last year, the Chargers didn't get enough out of that tight end position. I think Gerald Everett played admirably. He was able to, you know, have one of the best seasons of his career. But overall, that room is lacking production. And then going to edge rusher, the Chargers last year when they lost Joey Bosa, they had a vision that Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack were going to be able to play on the field at the same time. That did not come to fruition. And when Joey went down with that injury, the Chargers did not have a viable backup plan to replace that production. So getting somebody in this year's draft that can come in and make an impact right away, it's going to be really important for the projection of what the Chargers will do next season. For more on these team needs and for more on the Chargers, please check out the Locked On Chargers podcast, your team every day. You just need speed, man. That's what we heard. So you know what I'm going to do? You need speed at wide receiver? I'm going to get you the fastest wide receiver. The fastest wide receiver to test at the NFL Combine, and we're going to Nebraska to get him. I'm talking about wide receiver from Nebraska, Trey Palmer, man. You, you pair him up with the two outside wide receivers, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, and then now you have somebody to really take the top off, and it really adds versatility to this offense, and we know that Justin Herbert can definitely get the football to him down the field. Keith, you said speed. You went speed. I'm going to go speed, too, just in a bigger form, Keith. Let's talk about tight end Luke Musgrave from Oregon State, 6'6", 250. And when this big boy opens the stride, he gallops like a gazelle. He can really stretch vertically in the middle of the, def in the, middle of the defense as well as horizontally on the overouts and crosses. And he can block in the run game, too, Keith. So I'm, I'm all about adding speed to Justin Herbert so he can throw all the bombs he needs in 2023. <laughs> we address the offensive side of the football, but guess what, man? We got to address the edge, right? We got to have to address the edge position, and we know that uh, we have two veteran guys there right now, so we're going to get a young guy that needs some development, but I love the pairing of a young guy with an old guy, so I'm going to go with Iowa State edge rusher Will McDonald, man. You place him behind Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack. This is a guy whose ceiling is through the roof. He just needs some refinement, and I think that two veteran, two Pro Bowl guys can definitely get the best out of him. I like those choices, Keith. Now, let's hear from the Buffalo Bills. What do the Buffalo Bills need to do to get over the hump? That is the focus of their primary needs this offseason. I'm Joe Marino, host of the Lockdown Bills podcast. The top need for the Buffalo Bills entering this offseason is the interior offensive line. Roger Saffold flopped as a free agent signing. The Bills have to get that protection for Josh Allen and solidifying the guard spot opposite of Ryan Bates must be the top priority. From there, it's all about getting more firepower for this offense at wide receiver, particularly a slot receiver. The Bills really missed that production they enjoyed from Cole Beasley, and Josh Allen certainly loved that middle-of-the-field target that knew how to beat zone coverage and keep the offense on schedule with more consistency. They need to find that answer in the slot. And then lastly, there is some needs on the defensive side of the football, and it really depends on if Tremaine Edmonds is back at linebacker or if Jordan Poyer is back at safety. Whichever one does not return, it leaves a big hole for the Buffalo Bills defense this offseason. For more on these team needs and the Buffalo Bills, be sure to subscribe to the Lockdown Bills podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Bills Mafia, let's jump through some tables and fix your offensive line for Josh Allen. I want to go to the interior aspect of it. I want to go to Wisconsin, Keith. Uh, center guard doesn't really matter to me. He can fit for this offense. That's Joe Tipman out of Wisconsin. 6'6", 6'5", 6'6", 320. 
320 in terms of weight. Keith, he can move. He snaps the ball. He pulls out in the, in the run game as a lead blocker. And he, even in the screen game, Keith, as he hunt down corners on the edges. But I love his power, his length, and his anchor. This is a young man I think that can really benefit them because they want to implement the run game more. And I think you want to grab a guy like Joe Tipman to help bolster the front line. So give me Joe Tipman, center, guard, what have you, out of Wisconsin. Hey, I like it. I like it, DP. Now, let's talk about this wide receiver position, man. Stephon Diggs is a certified dude. And, man, we know on the outside, right, we tried that situation with Gabe Davis. And he may be more of a number three or just a, a real um, just kind of positional structured type of guy, right? So we're going to add a real number two. And we're going to go with slot wide receiver Josh Downs from North Carolina. Give you a bona fide slot wide receiver that you can really work the offense to. So when everybody's structured around Stephon Diggs, we can give the ball to Josh Downs and we don't have any hiccups in his offense. And Josh Allen and these wide receivers can continue to roll. Let's fix the back end. Jordan Poyer is, is so by reports, he's supposed to hit free agency key. So I want to get another versatile guy to go in the back in the back end with Micah Hyde. And I really like Jamie Robinson out of uh out of Florida State safety, who can do similar things that we saw from Baylor safety, nickel, you know, the defensive back Jalen Petrie last year. So I'm looking forward to putting uh Jamie Robinson in the back end. He could play some nickel, he can travel with uh slot receivers, he could play in the back end. He can also help you in the run game. This is a really talented guy that's kind of underrated in this class, and I think he could fit that Bills Mafia culture because he's a tough physical kid. So next up, we have the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm James Rapine of the Locked on Bengals podcast, and the Bengals, well, they have plenty of needs going into the offseason. Here are their three biggest needs, starting with offensive line. We've talked about the offensive line for more than a half decade on Lockdown Bengals. Why? Well, because if you can keep Joe Burrow upright, you're going to win games. And that was certainly an issue down the stretch last year with Lael Collins, the Bengals starting right tackle, recovering from a torn ACL. That right tackle spot is wide open. Jonah Williams entering the last year of his contract. So tackle, certainly the Bengals' biggest need going into the offseason. Need number two, well, it's tight end. The Bengals have a big need at tight end. And the good news is this is a deep tight end draft class. There are plenty of veteran tight ends set to hit free agency, including Hayden Hurst, so they can address that need. And their third need, to me, you could go a variety of ways with this. You could go defensive line. You could go cornerback. But it's running back. Because right now, Travion Williams set to become a free agent. Joe Mixon, plenty of uncertainty uh, when looking at his future in Cincinnati, especially with a $12.7 plus million dollar cap hit, looks like the Bengals might have to shuffle the backfield a little bit. And why not? If you can get younger, if you can get more explosive at running back, it would help Joe Burrow and company maybe get back to the Super Bowl. For more on these Bengals and uh, their latest needs, make sure you check out the Locked On Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's jump into it, man. It seems like every every year, or at least last year, right, we addressed the offensive line with Joe Burrow. But guess what? We're going to keep going until we get it right, right? And this time we're going to draft Syracuse offensive tackle Matthew Bergeron. Yeah, we're going to use a middle-round pick on that guy so that way we can keep some of our first-round capital. But Matthew Bergeron, as a prospect, is a guy that can move his feet. He's very athletic. And when you watch the film, you can tell that he's just scratching the surface of who he could be as an NFL player. Keith, I want to continue to add to this offense at tight end. And I'm not going to go with the obvious name 
and Michael Mayer. I'm going to go with Dalton Kincaid. Let's go ahead and grab Kincaid in the first round. And I know some people may be shocked by it, but I think he is the best pass-catching tight end in this class. And for me, it's very simple. You want to have Joe Burrow out there with Jamar Chase and T. Higgins? Let's give him Dalton Kincaid, who can run any type of route you need. He can beat man coverage. He can work into the zones. But I love his ability to get open in the red zone, Keith, and put the money where it needs to be placed. Guy, I really believe in uh, Dalton Kincaid, adding him as a Another weapon for the Cincinnati Bengals offense. I like it. So listen, this is all about Joe Burrow, right? This is about surrounding Joe Burrow with the pieces he need. If Joe Mixon is the party, we need another running back that can catch the ball out of the backfield. And who we're going to go with? We're going to go with Georgia running back Kenny McIntosh. Yes, this is not a home run hitter, but this is a guy that just simply gets the job done. He knows how to catch the ball out of the backfield. He can run in between the tackles, and he can run outside. So you're talking about a complete running back that you should be able to nab with a mid-round grade. Ah, you know, that's my guy. So, you know, I'm a big fan of that. Let's wrap up with the Kansas City Chiefs. Despite coming off a Super Bowl win, the Kansas City Chiefs need to replace their offensive tackles. It is a critical issue. And I know that sounds a little weird, but the decision not to franchise tag Orlando Brown definitely puts the spotlight on the position and the fact that they need to get it sorted out. I'm Ryan Tracy from the Locked On Chiefs podcast, and that's just one of the takeaways the next need is the fact that they also made the decision to part ways with Frank Clark, the veteran leader who's come on in every playoff run they've had that's ended in a championship. Now, after drafting George Karloftis to man the opposite edge spot, they need to replace Frank Clark. That means faster, stronger, and more agile in 2023. Look for a draft pick in particular to absolutely replace Frank Clark in this lineup. And then you have to look at what is always a need in Kansas City, perennially replacing all the wide receiver targets that you could possibly have in Kansas City. Despite a hodgepodge crew that got to this Super Bowl to earn this championship, Patrick Mahomes needs new weapons. And that's going to be the critical piece to keep this offense flowing and evolving for both Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes' futures. There's a lot to be done in Kansas City, and those are the top three needs. For more of these needs, as well as everything on the Kansas City Chiefs, be sure to subscribe to Locked On Chiefs Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, champs? You know you guys coming off a nice Super Bowl win? So let's continue to rebuild you and get you back there. And I want to, Keith, I want to start on the defensive side of the ball. I want to go to defensive end. I want to go Keon White. You, lo you lost Frank Clark, right? So you, you went ahead and cut him and saved the money. Keon White is a big physical athlete. He's a little raw because he's still new to the position. But this is a young man that Steve Spag, I think Spags, Steve Spagnola can really build and develop in his image as his, one of his, his premier edges. The explosiveness, the burst, the burst, the power. I think this young man can have an impact across from George Karlaftis. Yeah, so not resigning tackle Orlando Brown, I can't say it was a bad decision, right? But you definitely need to replace his productivity as an offensive tackle. So I'm going to go with Anton Harrison from Oklahoma to place on the left side of the offensive line. Anton Harrison has really good feet, really good hands, and the way he approaches the game fits what the Kansas City Chiefs like to do. This is a really good athlete that can move in space. So we know that Andy Reid likes to draw up those screen plays, and I think Anton Harrison is a seamless transition away from Orlando Brown to a rookie offensive tackle when you're able to save that money. And let's close it out with wide receiver, Keith. They want to add some more talent after losing Tyreek Hill in the previous offseason. I want to look at 
Uh, Ole Miss wide receiver Jonathan Mingo, 6'2", 220, a 4'4 athlete. This is not somebody that you're accustomed to unless you look at MVS, who's very up and down and inconsistent. I think Mingo can come in, be that deep threat, but also has the, the physical frame and body to be a possession receiver at the same time. I think he could become a complete option for Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes to target for years to come. For the champ, Keith Sanchez, and all of the Locked On experts you heard from today, I'm Damian Parson. Thank you for joining us for a fast and furious Locked On NFL Draft draft prep. That's the AFC. You want the NFC? We got you covered. Just keep up with the Locked On NFL Draft podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube as well. Make sure you check out your favorite NFL team's Locked On podcast as well, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.